As you can see by the video, we're going to celebrate our seniors today. This is, well, I'm just going to go ahead and invite uh, Kennedy, Lakeisha, Abby, and Nick on up here, and we're just going to celebrate them. Um, and just the accomplishment that is making it through high school. High school in and of itself is tough. Don't let anyone lie to you and say that's a cakewalk. I've heard the stories that you guys tell at youth, and some of them are doozies. But we just want to take time, celebrate you, uh, and also share with the church uh, what you guys have going forward, the plans that you've made uh, for the next four, or as Clayton's case, seven, eight years, uh, that is undergrad. <laughs> but I'm going to let Lexi kind of explain some things, and uh, we're going to give you guys just a token of our appreciation of your involvement here at the church, and maybe just something to kind of help you get you started as you start this new journey that is college. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to start um, with Lakeisha, and Lakeisha Hall has, yeah, she's graduating from Prestonsburg High School. Um, she has actually been going to youth and been a leader in our youth program for a year now. Um, <laughs> And we are just so happy to know Lakeisha and just the leader that she is and so blessed that she's been a part of our <laughs> Sorry about that. But um, Lakeisha is actually going to be going to the University of Kentucky, um, and she's going into exploratory studies. We're so excited for her and excited to see what she does in the future. Um, next, we have Abby Poe. Miss Abby, look at those curls, so cute. <laughs> she does. <laughs> so Miss Abby has also been a leader in our youth program, and we are so blessed to know her as well and have just seen, like, how she has influenced um, other people in their walk for the Lord and um, how much she's grown. Um, she is going to be going to NKU. And she's going to be going into the nursing program. So really excited. And we know she's just going to be an awesome nurse someday. All right. Okay. okay. Next we have Kennedy. And Kennedy has just recently started hanging out with us. And it has been so cool to get to know her. Um, she is just a light. And you can see that in her smile, how sweet she is. Um, but Kennedy is actually going to be going to Moorhead State University, uh, <laughs> and we are so excited to see how the Lord uses her there and in the rest of her life. Okay, and last but not least, we have Nick Garrett. Nick Garrett has been coming here for a while, as many of you know him and his family very well. Um, he is going to be going to the University of Pikeville, and he is going to be going into the medical field. So, exciting. Um, he's also going to be playing on the golf team there, so good luck to him and all that. And um, we are so excited to see how God uses you there, too. Yeah, um, we're just really excited for this new chapter of your, your guys' life to start. Um, college presents a lot of opportunities. It presents a lot of freedom. Um, but in that freedom, you also gain a lot of responsibility. Um, and as 
freshmen uh, going into college, um, you guys are going to have uh, a couple choices that you're going to have to make. You guys are going to have to decide, you know, what am I going to believe? Um, am I going to believe what I've grown up believing? Am I going to believe in this this thing called Jesus and this this faith that I'd grown up with, or am I going to take that and I'm going to, or am I going to begin anew? Am I going to be a new person following something else? Um, I was told going into college that if you don't know what you believe, the world's going to give you something to believe. So going forward, you guys have the opportunity to make your faith your own. Uh, you're not going to have people there to wake you up on time and... <laughs> Keisha was late for the first service, um, but you're not going to have people to wake you up on time and make sure you go to class or even get to church. Um, you're not going to have the, those people in your life, but you will have many other people that are going to help you with your journey all along the way. And uh, in college, you guys are going to have many opportunities. You get to choose whether you want to be like Jesus and a Jesus follower, or you get to choose whether you want to be like the rest of the world. And so, going forward, you guys have to make that decision for yourselves. And um, on a college campus, one thing you'll notice is there are going to be a lot of people that don't look like you, that aren't like you, and come from many different backgrounds in life. And you may be the only Jesus that those people get to see. So let your life reflect him and the work that he's already done and the work that he's going to continue to do. Uh, you may have kids all from around the world, international students, that are coming here you have the opportunity to either show them the world or you can show them Jesus. So I want to challenge you guys to think about what you want because this is your jumping off point. We're getting out of the kiddie pool and we're jumping into the deep end, deep end head first. But choose which pool you want to dive into. Do you want to dive into God and the greater plan that he has for you? Or do you want to dive head first into what the world has to offer you? I pray that you guys are going to choose to decide to continue to follow God and really make your faith your own. But I'm going to pray for you guys uh, and just all that this next four to seven years might have to offer. <laughs> hey God, uh, I just thank you so much for these students. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you that you've already been working in them. God, I thank you that you're going to continue to work in them. There's so much um, at stake here and we want to lift them up as a church family, and just back them 110%. God, we know that you are backing them, and through them, through you, we know that they will not fall. God, I pray that you would just guide their steps. I pray that you would lead them in the direction that you would have them to go. I pray that you would strengthen their walk and their resolve in you, and that you would just allow them to do wonderful things in your name. I pray that you would bring people to them that will help strengthen them, but I pray that you would also bring people to them that they can strengthen that they can have um, those friendships that are centered around you and really just make way like for the next part of their life. College is such a short time, but it's such an influential time. I pray that you just be with them every step of the way. It's your name pray. Amen. Yeah, thank you so much, and congratulations to our seniors. Very thankful uh, for Chase and Lexi and the student ministry here at Ridgepoint Church, and not just Chase and Lexi, but there are so many of our leaders uh, that are pouring into the lives. We have a lot of teachers that go to Ridgepoint Church, and, and we just want to say thank you guys uh, for all that you do to pour into the lives of students 
uh, what you're doing makes an internal impact in students' lives. And not just teachers, but administrators and anyone working with students on a weekly uh, basis. Thank you guys for all that you do uh, for students. But we're very thankful for, for what happens here at Ridgepoint Church and um, uh, the, the word that goes out into the lives of these students. So thank you and congratulations. And I hope it is four years for you, um, unless you're like me and it becomes m- many more. I won't even say how many because it's embarrassing. But anyway... Um, guys, listen, what, before I get started, I just want to say really quickly, um, if you want to follow along with us today on the version Bible app, if you, if you have that, you can get your phones out. At Ridgepoint Church, we tell folks you can use your phones in church. It's okay. Uh, but get your phones out. Click on version Bible app if you have that downloaded. Uh, when you do that, you can go to the menu and then click on events. When you click on events, you can select Ridgepoint Church. And then everything that I'm going to talk about today, the highlights from the message and the scripture and things are there. You can even put your own little notes in there. And uh, throughout the week, you can go back and study that or take a look at what happened today. And God will remind you of the truths that you learned today uh, through that little app. And so it's a great resource for us to be able to use. Today, as we celebrate our seniors, um, I want to talk directly to seniors today. Um, doesn't it doesn't um, uh, knock anyone else out of the message because this is really for everyone. But I want our seniors to take listen today. It, it's really hard for me to think about what our seniors are going through without thinking about my own journey and my own faith journey, my own journey through life, and when I graduated high school. Um, and there's some things that I want to say today to you that I wish someone would have said to me. Chase, man, you hit the nail on the head there just a moment ago, and I'm so thankful for you uh, and your very urgent message to the students that choose, choose today which way you want to go. Um, I wish someone would have sat me down a long time ago and had that conversation with me. Lots of people were pouring into my life, but there's this one thing that I really didn't understand very well, and it caused me a lot of problems as I was growing up. In the fall of 2018, I hit a milestone in my faith journey. And I wish today that I could tell you that it was something that that we could celebrate in this faith journey. I wish it were something that we could have balloons and cake and just have a good time celebrating. It wasn't like that at all. The fall of 2018, I was struggling with my faith in God. It was a very dark time in my relationship with the Lord. And I was really struggling with what I believed and how I believed. I was 36 years old. I'd been following Jesus and going to church for 23 of those 36 years. Yet I found myself in a place that I was not familiar with. And it was a difficult time. I did not know how to have faith. I didn't know how to have hope. I didn't know how to trust God. What became very real to me in that moment is the knowledge of knowing It's very easy for us to trust God when things are going good in our lives, isn't it? But when things aren't going so well, we struggle. It's difficult for us to trust God in those moments. And here's the crazy part. You don't know, you really don't know if you truly trust God until you're put into a situation where you're trusting God is all that you have. I was there. I was in that moment. And students, please listen to my words today. I believe that many of us in this room and anyone that's watching online, let me welcome everyone that's watching online this morning. 
I believe that many of us know this conversation. I believe that many of us have gone through something like this in our faith journey. If today you are a believer in Christ, you are a follower of Christ, I believe that many of us have been there before, yet we don't talk about it openly. We don't want to look weak in front of folks around us that are also Jesus followers, so we don't talk about it. But I believe that many of us know what this looks like. You get the news that they found a tumor. You get the news that your mom or your dad or your family member has cancer. You get the news that your, your business is starting to downsize and the job that you've had for the past 15 years, you're going to lose. You get the news that your spouse is being unfaithful or has been unfaithful to you. You get the news that your son or your daughter is actively using drugs. And in that moment, life gets real and life gets tough. And you have to question. You have to answer the question of whether or not you truly trust God. And students, you may not have been here yet. And that's entirely okay. You have your own set of issues that you have to deal with on a weekly basis. I get it. I understand. I want you to know that the test is coming. There's something that is inevitable in this life. And that's that we will have troubles. And we will have trials. I'm not all doom and gloom, I promise. But I want you to know that it will come. And it will be difficult in certain times. With me, in my particular situation, it was a pride problem. Pride definitely had a lot to deal with, do with this particular moment in my life. At the end of the day, here was my thing. At the end of the day, I knew that I had some talents. And I knew that I had some abilities. I knew that I had money in the bank. I had a house that I lived in. I had a beautiful wife. I had a beautiful son at the time. All these things I had, I had, you know, things, I had, I had material possessions, all these things I had, and I started to believe that I got them on my own. I can do this on my own. I can work really hard, and I can do all these things on my own. And so I started to believe that, and I started to, to live that way. And so my pride started to grow and grow and grow until it became so big that I didn't know how to deal with it. And I, I felt that way for far too long. I felt that way for far too long. I got to the point to where I was questioning. I'm going to be very transparent with you. I got to the point to where I was questioning, why do I need God anyway? Why do I need God anyway? I have all these things. I can get by. I'm not proud of that at all. But I want to be real with you this morning because I, the time is coming in your life where troubles will happen They'll come, and you'll start to question whether or not God is real and if He cares for you. I believe I'm not alone in this particular situation. I believe with everything in me that people in this room, folks that are watching online, whether we want to admit it or not, have been there. Have these thoughts. Question God. How can I trust God in this moment? And that's a question, Chase, that I wish someone would have sat down and talked to me about as I was growing up. Today we're going to look at what the Bible says about this particular conversation. There's nowhere else I'd rather be than in His Word to hear what God has to say about faith. We're going to look in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through, th through 3, and the Bible says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by God, or by, uh, by the word of God, so that 
What is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. The assurance of things hoped for, the Bible says. The assurance of things hoped for. Here's the catch, guys. There's something much different in regards to the definition of what the world says about the word hope and what the Bible says about the word hope. We define the word hope as something that we wish would happen, right? That's what the world defines the word hope uh, as. Something that we wish would happen. I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. I'm tired of... I said tomorrow, didn't I? Goodness. I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Uh, I'm tired of rain. I just want it to, to be sunny for an entire week. How cool would that be? If it didn't rain tomorrow, that would be wonderful. Or, or I hope that my kids go to bed early on Tuesday night so that I can watch The Curse of Oak Island, right? It's a final episode. I really want to see it. When my kids are up, I can never watch it. And so I really hope that they go to bed early on Sunday, I'm sorry, Tuesday night. Or I hope I get I have the, the the strength or the willpower to go to the gym tomorrow because I really need to work out, right? I hope that these things happen. And all that we're saying when we say we hope in this world is that we wish that those particular things would happen, right? But see, that's not the definition of hope in the Bible. When the Bible speaks of hope, when the, the authors of the different uh, works in the Bible, the different letters and the different books in the Bible, when the Bible talks about hope, biblical hope is solid and certain. Biblical hope is solid and certain. It's not a wish list. It's something that inevitably will happen, period, right? So when you see the word hope in, the, in a biblical text, the author is referring to something that is certain and, and it will come true in the future. Hope is something that you can count on, you can have faith in, it will happen. Absolutely, no questions asked. But how does faith work? How in the world does faith even work? And you may have asked yourself the question before, where does faith even come from? Where does faith come from? The Bible tells us that if we had the faith of a mustard seed, the mustard seed is probably one of the smallest seeds out of all the seeds. If we had the faith of a mustard seed, we, would, we could say to that mountain, be removed and the mountain would have to go. So where does this kind of faith come from and who gives us this faith? Do we just come up with this faith on our own? Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, think of yourself, and this is the second half of the verse, think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. So where does faith come from? Faith is a gift from God. Jason, don't ever say that God, did, that God didn't give you anything. He's given you faith, right? We all have a spiritual gift, and that's faith. We all have that ability to have faith. Because God gave us that ability to have faith. The scripture shows us that God has given each of us a measure of faith. It's a gift from Him that's given to all of us. What's crazy and amazing to me is how many things that we believe that are just simply not true. We just believe some of the craziest things that are simply not true. For instance, elephants aren't scared of mice. Did you know that? Elephants aren't afraid of mice. That's just a, a common fallacy. The, they are actually one of the most fearless animals in the entire world, right? Cobras are not charmed by the playing of a flute, okay? I don't know how many of y'all know that, and if you don't know that in person already, don't ever try it. They cannot be charmed by a flute. It just doesn't happen. As a matter of fact, cobras can't hear things, right? So that's, that's just not one of them. Here's another one. The last straw will not break the camel's back. I don't care what you've been told, the last straw will not break the camel's back. It's just a common fallacy. As a matter of fact, if the load is too heavy, the camel's not going to stand up anyway. Have y'all seen that video on YouTube where the woman and the man are on the camel, they rises up? No, y'all haven't seen that? 
yeah, I'm going to leave you with that picture in your mind. It's so funny. Anyway, ostriches, they don't bury their heads in the sand. It's just not a thing. They don't do that. We've heard that all our lives, but ostriches don't do that. As a matter of fact, their nests are in the ground, so they often put their heads down to tend to to their young. That's what happens. And so all I'm saying this for is because we believe some of the craziest things. And if you hear something often enough, you begin to believe that it's true, right? If you hear it enough, you begin to believe that it's true. That being said, we're going to add one more to the fallacies list. Faith is not blind. Have you heard that before? Faith is blind. Faith is blind. I'm telling you today, faith is not blind. Students, as you go to college, you're going to have people come up to you and say, do you believe in God? It may not happen just like that. But someone's going inevitably going to ask you if you believe in God or if you believe in Jesus. And when you say yes, they're going to say, really? You're just going to accept that this guy lived over 2,000 years ago and he came. There's really no evidence. Or you're just going to accept that, that this guy named Noah built a big ark. Or you're just going to accept that God spoke the world into existence. Like, that's blind faith. How could you do that? Like, that's just, that's... That's crazy. Why would you think that way? This is going to happen. This will be a conversation that you have moving forward. Many of us have had that conversation in the past with other people. Listen, we are in fact blind until we begin to see the world through the lens of faith. We are in fact blind until we begin to see the world through the lens that faith provides. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Blind faith is nothing more than thoughtless presumption. Faith is not blind. Faith in God and His promises is solid and certain. Solid and certain. It's not something that we just have to accept in blind faith. It's solid and it's certain. We're going to look back, as a matter of fact, we're going to look back in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2 again. And the Bible says this, for it, or for by it, talking about faith, the people of old received their commendations. I don't know if you all know this or not, but the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews is known as the, the Faith Hall of Fame. And the 11th chapter just kind of goes through this big long list of all these patriarchs and, and, and matriarchs of old that just stepped out on faith stepped out on faith and did miraculous things. As a matter of fact, who I talked about earlier, and if you've been in Sunday school or you've been in Ridgepoint Kids here for any amount of time, you know some of these stories, many of them probably. But by faith, this guy named Noah, it had never rained on earth before. Rain had never fallen from the sky before. And this guy named Noah, God spoke to him and he said, Noah, the earth has, begun, uh, has become very wicked and I'm going to destroy the entire earth and I'm only going to save you and your, your wife and your children. I want you to build a boat. Build a boat, Noah. And that's what God told Noah. And you know what Noah did? He built a boat. And you know what people called him? Crazy. You're a lunatic, Noah. But he stepped out on faith because God told him. And faith is all he had. God told him what to do, and Noah stepped out on faith, and he did it. And exactly what God said was going to happen, happened. Exactly how God said it. 
By faith, Abraham, another patriarch of old, he left everything that he had ever known because God spoke to him and he said, I want to give you a country. I want to give you land. I want to give you a place. I want you to be my child and I want to be your God. And I want you to journey to this place that I prepared for you. And by the way, Abraham, there are going to be people living in this land, but it doesn't belong to them. It belongs to you. So you're going to have to put them out of the land, right? I want you to take everything that you've ever known, take all your people and go to this particular place that I've promised you. You know what Abraham did? He left everything that he had ever known. He stepped out on faith and took this journey that God had called him to. And we are here today because of that decision. Listen, by faith, Sarah, Abraham's wife, by faith, Sarah, when she was 90 years old, had never had a child yet, 90 years old, had never had a child. And God said, Sarah, you're going to become pregnant. You're going to have a child, Sarah. And Abraham, well, Sarah, she believed him. In faith, Sarah believed that God, what God said was going to happen. She believed him, and it did, it did exactly what God said it was going to do. She became pregnant. She had a son. By faith, Abraham offered that son, Isaac, uh, the son that God had promised Sarah at the age of 90, as a sacrifice because God told him to. In faith, God spoke to, to Abraham, and in faith, Abraham stepped out and he offered his son Isaac as a sacrifice and God prepared a way. He provided another sacrifice, but Abraham stepped out on faith because God told him to. By faith, Moses stood before Pharaoh, one of the strongest and, and, and mightiest men in all of the land. He stepped in front of, front of Pharaoh by faith because God told him to and said, let my people go. Let God's people go. And you know what happened? Pharaoh let them go. And Moses wasn't harmed in the process. By faith, Moses also stuck his staff out over the Red Sea and parted the waters because God told him to do that. And in faith, Moses did that. And God parted the Red Seas because of the faithfulness of Moses. By faith, Joshua, some 40 years later, after God had parted the Red Seas through the staff of Moses, some 40 years later, Joshua did the same exact thing by stepping out into the Jordan River by faith, and the, the waters parted so that all of God's people could go across the land, and it was dry. By faith, an angel appeared to this little young girl, this teenage girl by the name of Mary, and said, Mary, you're going to have a child. You're not going to be with another man. You're, you're a virgin. You're not going to be with another man. You're going to have a child. And when you have that child, you are to call him Jesus. And by faith, Mary said, okay, let it be so in me, as you have said. By faith, all of these things came to pass. Each of these men and each of these women, all these situations were built on faith and hope. Faith and hope. Their faith was believing and acting as if God was telling the truth. And they were commended for it. The book of Hebrews says. If you base your sense, if you base your sense of reality solely on what you can see, then your spiritual focus will be askew. That's because spiritual things can only be discerned by spiritual discernment. Jesus' followers uh, are called to walk by faith, not by sight. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. And the evidence of things and certain of things that we don't see. A person without the Spirit does not accept things the Spirit like this, uh, that come from the Spirit of God. 
It's very difficult to have a conversation with someone. If you're a child of God, you're a follower of Christ, it's difficult to have a conversation with someone sometimes when you're talking about spiritual things because without the Spirit inside of you, it's difficult for you to discern spiritual things. For the things that we see now will soon be gone and the things that we cannot see will last forever. This is the key to the strong faith of those in the Old Testament, the heroes of faith. And you're probably thinking right now, it was easy for those guys to have faith. It was easy for those, those women to have faith because God did miraculous things in front of them. They saw miracles and they saw wonders. It was easy for them to have faith. Why wouldn't they have faith? They saw all of these things, but that's not the answer. Just because they saw miracles didn't mean that's why they had faith. Just because they saw the hand of God move, that's not the only reason that they had faith. Check this out. What many people today, and many people maybe in this room, many people maybe watching online or will watch later, what many of us have is called circumstantial faith. Students, please listen up. What many of us have is called circumstantial faith. That means as long as things are going good, I believe in God. As long as things are going good in my, my life, I have faith in God. But if something bad happens, I start to question God. If something bad happens, I start to question God. This was me totally back in 2018. It wasn't that things were necessarily going bad, but, but I had gotten into a point in my life where things were stale. Things had gotten a little bit crazy for me, um, and God was preparing me for something far greater than I had ever imagined in that particular season. But I just didn't know what was going on. And even if I didn't realize it, I started to depend on God. I'm sorry, I started to, to depend on my own strength. I started to depend on my own abilities and my own ways of doing things. Deep down, I just didn't know how to depend on God. Deep down, I didn't know how to have faith in Him or to use the faith that He had given me to believe in Him. Deep down, I didn't understand these things. There will be times in our lives where faith is all we have, guys. There will be times in our lives where faith is all that we have. And I want us to be prepared for those times. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35. Some were tortured, talking about those heroes of faith. The Bible says some were tortured. Some were refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Talking about the heroes of faith, others suffered mocking and flogging and were even chained and imprisoned. They were stoned. They were sewn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats and destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. These are heroes of the faith. Heroes of the faith. These are the, the, the folks that Hebrews chapter 11 is talking about. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, faith is all that they had. These people looked at the face of all the world had to throw at them, and they held on to their faith. They held on to their faith. Their faith was hinged on the truth of who God is and who Christ is. There are two things. There are two things that I want to leave you guys with today. Two things that are so important in regards to our faith in God. These things that you and I need to hold tight to when life doesn't seem to go the way that we think it should go. And we will inevitably have times in our lives where things aren't going to happen the way that we want them to happen. There are two things that we hold tight to. The first is this. 
I know that God is good. I know with everything inside of me that God is good. And the second, I know that I can trust Him. Everything that's going on in your life, everything that's happened, whatever you're going to go through in the future, I know that God is good, and I know that I can trust Him. I know that God is good, and I know that I can trust Him. I'm going to close with this illustration from Andy Stanley. Two things that erode faith faster than anything else are lifestyle decisions that eventually impact what we believe and unexplainable circumstances where God doesn't seem to do what we think God should do. Circumstantial faith is this. I'm believing and trusting in God based on my ability to find God in my circumstances. That's circumstantial faith. Example, when I was 12 years old, my mom and dad taught me uh, that you're not supposed to behave. Uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't make this a... When, I was, when you're 12 years old, your mom and dad told you that how you were supposed to treat someone of the opposite sex, a young man or a young woman, and you believed them, right? Then when you got older and started dating, that didn't seem to be very practical anymore. Nobody else was behaving that way, so you abandoned what you were taught because of your circumstances. The pleasures of life will cause almost every single one of us every single element of your belief system to become inconvenient. If your faith is pure circumstantial, you're going to opt for pleasure over faith every single time. And you will adjust your belief system to match your lifestyle. It means that what you have believed is not worth believing anymore. And what you believe today is not worth believing tomorrow. None of that is a problem until you come to a place in your life where you really need to believe and to have something to lean on, a belief system to lean on. If all you have is circumstantial faith, eventually your faith will not hold up. The foundation of Christianity is not an experience in your ability to to make sense of the world. It's not an event or an answered prayer from God, but the thing that we lean on in Christianity is history. 2,000 years ago, a person named Jesus Christ died on a cross. He came, he performed miracle, he died on a cross, he was raised from the dead, and he was seen by over 500 people in that time. He claimed to be the one who represents us to God. So the foundation of our faith is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Faith is believing and acting as if God is telling the truth. Can I say that again? Faith is believing and acting as if God is telling the truth. Let's hold on to our faith, God. Let's hold tight to our faith. And let's go even further. Let's encourage each other in our faith journeys. In the midst of the spiritual battle that I found myself in, Back in the fall of 2018, it came to a head one day. My wife was picking me up from work. I was working at the Mac at the time. And we were getting ready to drive to Tennessee for the weekend. And before we left for the journey, we knew it was going to be a long day. And Taylor said, "Um, will you pray for us and pray for our journey? Seems pretty simple, doesn't it? 
But in the midst of this problem that I was going through in my head, I said, no, I can't pray for us. I don't, I don't even know how to pray right now. And so my lovely wife did what she does best. She took hold of the moment and she said, okay, I'll pray for us. She was strong when I was weak, very weak. For the rest of the journey, four hours down to Tennessee, we talked back and forth. I finally explained to her what I had been feeling, what I had been going through, the pride that had gotten in the way, my lack of faith, my lack of trust. We finally talked about all of those things, and she encouraged me. She prayed for me, and she helped me during that time. I'm a better man today and a better follower of Jesus Christ because of that conversation that I have with my wife. Students, I want you to know at some point, if you have circumstantial faith, at some point, you will begin to question God. You will begin to question if God loves you. You will begin to question if God is for you. You will begin to question if God even exists if you have circumstantial faith. So my prayer for you today and my challenge for you today is to ask yourself this question. Is my faith circumstantial? Is it easier for me to believe in God when things are going good in my life? Do I begin to question God when things are going bad in my life? Faith comes from God. And all you have to do today is ask God to increase your faith. God, increase my faith. That's my challenge today. Do you have circumstantial faith? If so, ask God to increase your faith. Simple. Today, if you're in this room or watching online and you've never accepted Jesus, you've never accepted the free gift of His salvation, He came, He died on the cross in our place. We were broken and and disconnected from God eternally because we could never be perfect. We could never make enough sacrifices for our sins. And so Jesus came. He died in our place. He was the ultimate sacrifice. Gave His life for us to pay for our sins so that you and I could be reconnected back to God. Not only for eternity, but in this life as well. And then we could, when we die, we could go and live with Him forever in heaven. Jesus did that for us. And you know what He said? The only thing that you have to do to experience that freedom and that salvation, He said, you just simply have to believe in Me. Believe in Me. When you believe in Him, you confess your sin. You ask Him to save you. You ask Him to come into your life, to be your God you his child you give your life he gave his life for you so we give our lives back to him today you can have him you can make him your savior today and forever as Lindsay said earlier it's it's eternal once he has us he never lets us go ever 
nothing can snatch us away from him. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this time. And thank you for this day. Thank you for faith that you give us, God. You have given us faith to believe in you, to believe and know, God, with everything inside of us that you are good. And to know with everything inside of us, God, that we can trust you. I pray for our seniors today that are going to be going off to college soon. I pray, God, that you help them become stronger in their faith so that when things inevitably happen in their lives, things that they don't want to happen, life throws them a curveball. God, they can depend on their faith. They can depend on you, God, to know that you are good and to know that they can trust you not just for seniors, but for everyone listening today. You love us. You are good. And we can trust you, God. For all of us, God, if we have circumstantial faith, I pray that you show us right now in the name of Jesus Christ and that, God, we repent from those things and we surrender completely and fully to you so that you can grow our faith in you, God. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.